This is the Scale with Psychology podcast, where you're going to optimize your psychology to exponentially scale your business and become the ultimate version of yourself. I'm your host, Ani Manian, widely known as the Mind Whisperer and trusted advisor and psychedelic therapist to the world's top entrepreneurs and leaders. And I believe that entrepreneurship is a mental game. And the main constraint in any business is not the strategies and tactics, but the psychology of the founder. And with each episode, I'm going to help you take your life in business to levels you never thought possible. If you're ready to play the game of life and business in God mode, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. So I want to bring you something extra special and extra relevant to what's happening in your life right now, which is the holidays. Chances are you're going to be with family, or there might be a few of you who actually might not be with family because of all the travel restrictions, and you might be spending time away from family, which is a totally different kind of challenge. So today I'm going to be focusing on some ways, seven ways specifically on how we can have really awakened relationships. And this applies to potentially some of the landmines you're anticipating coming up when you're either sitting at dinner during Thanksgiving, when you're talking to parents, loved ones, partners, kids during Christmas and everything in between. These are essentially seven keys to really upgrade all your relationships. Are you ready? Let's go. So when we think of relationship conflict and stress that comes up when we relate to people, one of the biggest causes of this is our desire, our attempt, our need, our fixation on trying to change others. Most relationship issues originate from our inability to actually accept the people in our life as they are. So what does this look like? Parents often have expectations on their kids, right? Regardless of how old they are, they expect their kids to act a certain way, be a certain way, do a certain kind of work, um, call them with a certain frequency. We do this to our partners, right? We want our partners to be a certain way because maybe that's what feels comfortable for us, right? We have certain needs that rather than expressing those needs, you know, we find it easier to try to change the other. And so this fixation of trying to change the other, trying to change the people in our life is one of the most dominant and biggest causes of unhappiness in relationships. And this is a, a very, very, very big characteristic of unconscious ways of relating, right? The opposite of being unconscious in the way we relate to people is being conscious. And that's what the idea of an awakened relationship is, that we're not sleepwalking through these relationships um, acting out our trauma, you know, projecting all over the place, playing out our conditioned responses and reactions to people that we're present, we're conscious, 
We're making choices about how we show up, how we hold space for the other, how we are present, right? And from that space, what happens is a new set of possibilities and a new set of options emerge. So the first one that we really, really want to underscore is stop trying to change the people in your life. Stop trying to change your family. Stop trying to change your friends. Stop trying to change your partners. And on some level, stop trying to change yourself. Instead, can you just accept everyone, including yourself, exactly where you are? So what that does is it lets go of this fundamental state of stress we create when we refuse to accept people where they are, right? And that shows up in a kind of resistance. Resistance to reality. The reality of how someone is right now, right? Maybe they're very prejudiced. Maybe they have certain opinions that you disagree with. This happens a lot, right? We've had a very uh, tumultuous year on so many levels in terms of politics, in terms of pandemics, in terms of, you know, our ways of living have been profoundly disrupted. Not everyone's going to agree. So can we just respect where they are, right? Can we just allow them to be exactly how they are? So the second one is, it falls out of the first one, which is a tendency we have to belittle or criticize how someone is, right? Criticizing their thoughts, their beliefs, um, their emotions, right? And really it's not their emotions, but it's how they express their emotions because different people express their emotions differently. Some people may feel irritation and they may just hold themselves in that experience and they can you know, really be with themselves and inquire inside like, hey, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling irritated? And someone else might lash out. They might feel that irritation and they may immediately take that and project that out at the person who seems to be the source of the irritation. And so, you know, with families, we often assume a certain level of uh, comfort. And the way that shows up is we feel, free, we feel free to criticize who they are, how they are, what they do, right? And we feel entitled to um, have opinions about them. And typically these opinions are the way you are is not good enough and this is how you need to be, right? And so the invitation here is, can we just communicate with respect? And respect isn't, you know, we need to treat them like royalty or, you know, however we um, have internalized this idea of respect as a society. Respect is just, can we just hold space for where they are, how they are? Can we just accept them? And the key to doing this is not getting triggered by them, right? Because if we get triggered by them, by what someone's saying at the dinner table, by you know the choices someone's making, um, then what, what's happened is that we've taken that personally. And what that is, is that's the domain of the ego, right? But the ego wants to take everything personally. If someone is a Republican and you know, I'm not affiliated with politics, and but I have some slight judgment about what a Republican is like, 
then I'm going to take that personally and I'm going to take that as a personal offense. And then I'm going to react to that, right? That's playing out more unconsciousness. So the third point, the third way to awaken a relationship rather than continuing to suffer in the unconscious is rather than seeking their approval, rather than looking for their approval, their validation, rather than you know relying on them to fill us up, can we give ourselves that validation? Can we give ourselves that approval? Can we fill ourselves up? So we're not pulling, right? We're not looking for that. Because usually what happens is if we go in needing approval from someone, this is very common in parent-child dynamics. It's also very common in romantic partnership. You know, we want the other person's approval because deep down we're not approving of ourselves. And when we don't get that approval in exactly that same way, what do you think happens? We get pissed off because we get disappointed. And that discomfort of sitting with that disappointment is too much. So it's easy to just quickly shift into anger and project that out. And so the key is, can we validate ourselves? Can we fill ourselves up with worth and esteem, right? And if you've been following this channel for a while, I've dropped hints about this and we'll get into this soon, but there is actually no self, there is no you and there's no them, right? This idea of me, it's an illusion, it's made up. It's completely made up. And you know this intuitively already, right? Um, who you were, who you thought you were at age five was different than age 10, than age 15 and so on. So you've been basically modifying this mental image of who you think you are. That's the ego, right? That's that self-image. And the whole idea of self-worth is actually pretty ridiculous because there's no self to appraise the value of, right? To esteem. And this is a little advanced for most people. And I'm going to actually make this really simple um, on this show and, you know, in a series of programs I'm going to create for you guys. But when there's no self, there's no problem because there's no one to take things personally. There's no one to react. There's no one to um, suffer from insecurities or low self-worth or, you know, anxiety or depression or all this stuff, right? That we assume because we take the self to be a given. So that's sort of the advanced way to do it, but I want to meet you where you are potentially if you know you're still grappling with this need for approval, this need for acknowledgement, this need for validation. Give it to yourself first, right? Because deep down, you're actually seeking it from yourself. The other is just a it's a mirage, it's a mirror. We we do this to you know, get around this idea of giving ourselves what we need, meeting our own needs. So let's move to number four, right? Number four is avoid making assumptions. Now we think when we've known someone for a long time, say I've known my partner for four years, I've known my parents for, you know, many, many, many decades. The longer we know someone, the more we decide that we know everything there is to know about them. We've decided who they are, basically, right? So when, when I meet someone for the first time, I don't have a story of who they are. I don't have a set picture of how this person is, 
what kind of thoughts they think, what are their beliefs, what are their perceptions, how do they react in these situations, what are their affiliations. So it's a blank slate, right? But the thing is, we don't ever truly know someone, even if we you know, convince ourselves that we do. We never do because it's really impossible to be in someone else's experience in their heads experiencing their life. Um, because if we experienced another person's life, you know, all everything they experienced, all their trauma, all their wounding, all their successes, all their failure, all just all of it, then we would actually not disagree with anything that they're doing or saying, right? Because it's that conditioning that creates how they show up in the moment. So the key is, you know, when we lead with assumptions, we're basically saying that I know how you are. I know who you are. And that's completely false. It's just not true. We can't ever know someone. What happens is when we make these assumptions, we basically cut off possibility. We cut off this option of them being a different way. So the invitation here is rather than making assumptions about, you know, all the people in your life, ask questions, get curious. And when you shift from making assumptions to asking questions, what happens is more space appears. A lot more space opens up in you, in them, in the space between you and them, in the we space. And there's room for you to be surprised by who they are. This is actually another really great hack to bring back that freshness to a marriage or a long-term romantic partnership. Because most people, they get bored and they start looking for a fix elsewhere because they actually decided who their partner is, right? Now it's a defined known box and I've decided who this person is, which means there's no room to be surprised. There's no room for excitement. There's no room for newness. And in this situation, typically what happens is that we go outside to seek it because we think that this unknown person who we haven't made a story up about is going to give us that variety, that excitement, that thrill. But the truth is the person who we're with has an endless amount of that to offer if we simply allow the space for that to be the case. So number five, I'm losing count. I think this is number five. But number five is avoid projecting your biases. Just avoid projecting in general, right? Projecting is taking what you think, what you believe, what your perceptual lens is in terms of how you filter reality and applying it to the other person, right? So typically, um, you know, we see this happen in, in a really a wide variety of situations. This happens in workplace relationships. This happens with friendships. This happens with um, romantic relationships, with familial relationships. But we project our values on the other, right? So if we are really um, worried about, um, say, the whole mask, no mask thing or some pandemic thing, you know, we expect the other person to also feel that way because it appears so real to us, right? It appears like, you know, they ought to believe this way. And so when we do that, you know, we are literally robbing the experience of connection and intimacy, right? Because there's assumptions being made, there's stuff being projected, thoughts, beliefs, feelings, 
And there isn't really any room. So typically that leads to a certain level of conflict um, or, you know, just a very deep sense of dissatisfaction. So instead, the invitation is to listen, is to listen without judgment, listen without preconceived notions. So most people, when they are listening, what they're actually doing is that they're projecting, right? Because as they listen, they translate what they're hearing based on their own worldview, their own sense of reality, their own sense of how things ought to be. And so they basically morph and uh, distort what the other person is saying based on you know what they believe. And you can imagine that that doesn't really allow people to really get to know each other, really come close. And you'd be surprised how many families who've known each other for you know, decades have actually no idea who the other person is. So can you really listen? Listening is love. Can you really love the people in your life by truly listening to them without your prejudices, without your biases, without putting your own shit on them, right? Can you really, really listen? without judgment. Okay, number six, if you are the type who's always giving or always receiving, the invitation for you to just do the opposite because we get stuck in the roles that feel really comfortable, right? Some people are always giving. That's sort of the role that they've given themselves in relationships. They're always the one who offers something, who's providing, who's doing things, um, they're the caretaker. And this person, this is all innocent. What they're actually doing is they're sourcing love and approval by, you know, always giving because they have a, a sense of discomfort with not being the one who's always giving or to go even further, being the receiver. Some people are always taking because maybe there's deep insecurity and they're sourcing um, attention and approval and validation from everyone around them. So they're basically sucking everyone dry. Again, no judgment. This is just what might be happening. Maybe you resonate with this, maybe you don't, maybe you know people who match some of this stuff. So if you find yourself in one of these extremes, the invitation is to try the opposite. So if you're always giving, right, that's your comfort zone. You're always the provider, you're always the caretaker, you're always to stop, do the opposite, try it, right? It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be really, really, really fucking uncomfortable. But can you do it, right? Can you sit with that discomfort and can you make requests? So a good exercise here is ask yourself, what are your needs? What would you like? And practice making requests and practice sitting with that discomfort when you feel the urge to you know, jump up and do something or give, right? And giving can even be giving attention, right? Take up more space. And if you're the type who's always taking, try giving. Try for a change, taking that absorption you might have with yourself and your insecurities, and you might not even be aware of it. And chances are you're not, because if you were, you wouldn't be doing it, right? There's a reason why a lot of these behaviors are unconscious. They're out of our conscious mind. So if you're if you are hearing this and you're like, well, damn, I'm 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 a taker. I keep taking. I keep I just keep pulling for attention and energy and I'm always taking. 
flip the script. Just try giving unconditionally. Just try giving, you know, just giving, giving, giving. Just see how that feels. It might be uncomfortable. It might be something you've never done before. But it might be absolutely game-changing when you try it. The goal is to not be on either extreme. The goal is to have a healthy range, right? We want to give, we want to receive. It's energy. We need a balance, right? It needs to come, it needs to go. It's a bi-directional flow. So see if you can find that balance. And lastly, the seventh point to really awaken your relationships is if you're always saying yes, if you have trouble saying no, chances are you have trouble setting boundaries. So what happens is in relationships, boundaries are everything. A boundary is basically where I end and you begin, right? And if there is no boundary between me and you, for example, if we're relating in some way, then there's actually no safety. Boundaries create safety, right? So we have, there's a boundary of our body and it's marked by our skin. There's a boundary to our house. Imagine you just lived in an open space. You wouldn't feel safe. You wouldn't probably wouldn't be able to sleep at night because there'd be no safety. There'd be no boundary to your space. And so as human beings, we've evolved to create boundaries all around us, right? We keep boundaries to keep ourselves safe. So we have a fence around our house. We have walls that make up our house itself. Um, you know, we have these this concept of my space, right? And your space. And when we can respect each other's space, then we can all feel safe and it feels good. Now, when we betray our own boundaries or because we keep saying yes, we don't say no, we feel like we, we're gonna get punished or you know someone's gonna withdraw love or affection or approval if we say no to something, if we set a boundary, then what happens is that leads to resentment. And you know, because we're betraying ourselves to please someone else because we're secretly hoping to get something else in return. Now, when we betray ourselves in this way, when we don't set boundaries and we engage in this behavior, that resentment, sometimes it's conscious, mostly it's unconscious. That resentment then transforms into entitlement. Because I did this for you, you need to do this for me. And this is what I call a covert contract. So they are not really aware of what's happening, the other person. So that's gonna basically introduce some really you know, unpleasant dynamics in the relationship where you're gonna maybe be passive aggressive because now you feel entitled to something from them because you gave them something that you weren't actually comfortable giving. So I'm gonna do a, a deep dive on this. Um, I might actually bring my partner, Lee, who is an expert on needs and boundaries to talk to you guys about you know, how to really claim space and how to really um, get in touch with your needs and express your boundaries. But for right now, I want you to know that it's okay for you to set boundaries. You deserve to have boundaries. You deserve to feel safe. And if there's a part of you that's afraid of some sort of punishment or something being withdrawn from you um, that, you know, you really value, play with that, play with that discomfort. And I want to ask you, can you meet those needs for yourself? So if you're worried that you lose approval from someone because you set a boundary, you say no when, you know, you kind of want to say yes because you don't want to say no to this person. You've always had a hard time saying no to this person or to this situation. Can you allow yourself to sit in that discomfort? 
So a great way is to, if someone say, asks you, hey, do you want to do this? And you really want to say no. A great way to buy yourself time is to say, hey, can I get back to you on that? Buy yourself some time, right? Do it compassionately. And then when you have some time, sit with that. Observe your thoughts. What's coming up? Are you afraid that they won't ever talk to you again? Um, if it's someone inviting you a party and they've you know, done it a few times and you know, you've betrayed yourself in the past because if you thought that if you said no, then they won't invite you again, just observe what thoughts come up. And then ask yourself, can I give myself this thing that I'm looking for in the other? And almost all the time, it's really a need that we can meet internally. Or there's other people in our life who are, would be willing to meet that need. So the invitation is to, rather than engaging in people-pleasing, set boundaries. Because healthy boundaries means safety. Healthy boundaries plus safety means presence. And when we can be present with ourselves, with other people, we're there in the moment with them, there's intimacy. And when there's intimacy and presence, then the relationship is alive. And we're really there with each other, right? And that's what an awakened relationship is. So I hope this was useful for you. I hope you implement this, this holiday season. And, you know, outside that too, because to be honest, if you can master these seven principles, then the relationships in your life will dramatically improve. The relationship with yourself will dramatically improve. Everything changes when we master the art of relating to people. And what we want to do, again, is come out of this trance of unconsciousness that allow, that keeps us you know, acting out our, our shit on other people, keeps us unhappy, creates a lot of conflict, a lot of dissatisfaction. I, there's no reason to live like that. And if you're living like that, maybe just give this episode a second listen because it's really going to make a difference in your life if you can allow yourself to do this. I'm going to leave you with a little chime on the bell and allow yourself to listen to this. Take a really nice, slow, deep breath. Come into the present moment and really be here now. Remember, you are limitless. I love you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found value, please consider leaving a five-star review to allow the show to reach more people or share this episode via your social media channels. If you're an entrepreneur and want support in exponentially scaling your business, email me at ani at animanian.com.